Thank you for joining us for this episode of 1514. It is a delight to have you as part of our audience. I'm excited to be in a new year. 2023 is here. I'm excited about some new things that we'll be doing with the Biblical Counseling Coalition. I'll be sharing an update on that in an upcoming episode, so be on the lookout for that. This episode is an interview that I did with Garrett Higby. Garrett is well known to our audience. He has been on the podcast before to talk about the history of biblical counseling, as well as just getting to know him personally. He has been involved in a variety of different ministries, pastoral ministry, parachurch ministry. He was my predecessor as the executive director here at the Biblical Counseling Coalition, and he still serves faithfully on the board of directors for the BCC. I really appreciate Garrett and his ministry. And he's launched a new uh, ministry called Lead Healthy Retreats. Garrett has been doing leader care for over a decade, and he has recently acquired a property where he's offering retreats connected to 12 Stones Ministry, which is a ministry he founded, and we also have a podcast about that, which we'll link to in our show notes there. But Garrett's primarily sharing today about the Lead Healthy Retreats, which is a new opportunity for ministry leaders, pastors, parachurch ministry leaders, anybody kind of in vocational ministry, missionaries, to go and get an intensive uh, retreat that is tailored specifically for you. I was really encouraged by our conversation and what Garrett's doing there. So I hope you enjoy today's episode, and I hope it is a blessing to you and to anybody else that you know who might need to attend one of these retreats. So thanks again for listening. Welcome to 1514, a podcast of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. 1514 draws its name from Romans 1514, where the Apostle Paul encourages the church that they are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to counsel one another. I'm your host and the executive director of the BCC, Dr. Curtis Solomon, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, Garrett Higby, welcome back to 1514. Could you uh, introduce yourself to our audience again? I know you've been on a few times, but it never hurts for those new people. Yeah. So as you said, Garrett Higby, I am um, a biblical counselor. I've been on the board of the Biblical Counseling Coalition since the beginning and get to work with you and other guys that I really respect. And we're just trying to uh, do the best we can to get biblical counseling out there in a way that it um, really impacts lives for gospel change and increasingly gets, uh, uh, I guess, better at what we do. So, you know, luckily we have the opportunity to uh, interact with uh, counselors from around the world. And that's one of my favorite things to do. So, so it's good to be back. Yeah, well, thank you so much. And you failed to mention you were the my predecessor as the executive director in, at the BCC. Uh, so some of you have heard those accounts in the past, and we'll put a link to some of the other podcasts that I've done with Garrett. But Garrett, we're talking today specifically about a uh, Lead Healthy Retreats, which is a new opportunity that you have provided through 12 Stones North Indy, which uh, I want you to share a little bit about that branch of 12 Stones as well. And then just Tell, tell everybody about these retreats. Yeah. So some of you may have heard of 12 Stones. We're coming up on our 20th uh, banquet next year. Paul Tripp's actually going to speak at that, so that'll be fun. Um, and it's really a celebration of God's faithfulness for 20 years. I can't believe we've been doing this for 20 years. But through 12 Stones, we started to really understand how to kind of get into intensive care with people and, um, 
you know, unpack a life story, uh, help people understand what the biblical, uh, you know, relevance uh, to that story, what God wants to speak into that story, how to reframe that story biblically and and understand what God's doing in the midst of somebody's struggles, um, and then be able to help them to literally start to think more biblically about how to go forward and implement new ways of living with an abiding uh, in Christ and community uh, like they've never done before. And so that's been uh, relatively successful for a lot of couples, over a thousand families that have been through 12 stones. And I've for a long time and actually talking with Paul Tripp probably 10 years ago, had this vision to start to do that more with leaders. And, um, but I, like you probably had too many jobs and could never <laughs> really get any momentum going with that. And it was always like catch a leader here and there, do an intensive here and there for a leader who needs help a pastor, pastor and wife, a ministry leader, but never like made it the main thing I'm doing. And so in the last couple of years through a lot of prayer, Tammy and I have really talked about what's next. And um, so I started thinking, okay, it's time to open a extension of 12 stones that's specific to helping leaders get healthy and stay healthy. And um, so started to really plan that out, think about that a couple of years ago, met with the 12 Stones board, met with other experts in leader care, and really have done some uh, good thinking on that in the last couple of years. And and now have a uh, property in Westfield, Indiana, with uh, an extra home on the property, which is both scary and wonderful. Um, it's hard enough to keep one home up is most people know, but adding another home, which we just remodeled um, so that it could accommodate uh, leaders really easily, be a place where we could do the counseling, full full on kitchen, beautiful master bedroom, spa bathroom, the whole works wrapped around it is a horse farm and a pond. So it is very much retreat like. And so we, we have God has provided a place and now we're um, really looking forward to starting to um, receive pastors and wives, um, ministry leaders and wives, missionaries and wives who really, um, you know, they've uh, seen that ministry has its challenges. They are ready to uh, figure out how to do it well or better as a couple or individual. And um, they don't want to just survive. They want to thrive in ministry. They they believe it's possible. They just don't know how, or th there's things in the way. And we want to get after those things and really help people to lead healthy. Yeah. So when you say ministry leaders, who, who are you thinking? Is it just pastors or who all, who all would benefit yeah. from these types of retreats? Uh, you know, I would say I would expect the majority of the, the couples coming to be in full-time ministry, probably in, in some kind of pastoral role um, in the church. That would be the majority. I do think we'll get some parachurch leaders. I think we'll get some missionaries coming off the field or getting ready to go on the field. I think that will happen as well. Um, so it is, it's mainly, that's what we would call leader care or lead healthy retreats, because it's not 
specifically and only for a pastor and wife, but that will be probably the main focus because there's plenty of pastors and, and, and ministry marriages that need something like a lead healthy retreat as part of keeping them in ministry in a healthy way. Yeah. You say couples, uh, has been a big part of the conversation. Is there ever a time where you would just do one with the, with an, the individual, like just the pastor and his wife would stay home? Or do you really try to encourage the couple to come if, if it's a married pastor or leader? I'd say, yeah, there might be the exceptional like uh, pastor who's lost their spouse or they're single and pastoring or something like that. But if they're married, it, it, I'm going to try really hard to get their spouse there because, you know, Curtis, how critical it is to have you and your wife on the same page in ministry and for that and also for them to be able to bring perspective and nuance and, and fill in the blanks for the counselor. So the counselor's really counseling the, the, the context, not just the person. And, and I really, you know, I so value the, the spouse in counseling. And in some cases they'll bring advocates as well. So it'll, it'll be more than just the spouse, but yes, there will be exceptions when it'll be just a leader, leader and an elder leader and a friend coming without their spouse. Yeah. You share some statistics on the website, uh, about that highlight some of the challenges that ministry leaders face. Could you share a little bit about that and some of the things that you, you run into as you minister to leaders? Yeah. So, you know, I, I'd say that there's a lot of, um, ministry leaders out there who are quietly struggling with something and it's not well known. It's not being shared with many, if anyone. Um, in fact, one of the stats out there and, you know, stats are only as good as the people that, you know, sort of researched them, but let's just say they're somewhat accurate and that 80 some percent of pastors really don't have a true confidant. They may have a lot of allies. They may have a lot of friends, but nobody that they really trust to say their worst issues to because their fear of, you know, being exposed, the fear of being judged, the fear of being disqualified for that matter. In some cases, one is really just a debilitating issue, not a disqualifying issue, but they're just afraid if it gets in the wrong hands or gets out too widely, it's going to affect not just who they are, but, you know, their livelihood. Yeah. No, it's a, I think you put on there, I think 84% desire to have close fellowship with someone they can trust, uh, but don't have it. And it's, it's something actually I talked about with a number of people at the BCC summit this December, just seeing that phenomena pretty, and, and even among the people there, there's a, a wide range of opinions on how, how open a pastor should be with, with people in their church. And it was really, really interesting discussion, really important, uh, to see. Um, you also, you also highlight that 80% believe their pastoral ministry has negatively affected their families. Um, man, it's, it's just intense. What are some of the things that you've seen specifically that people come looking for help with? I know the, these retreats are new, but you've been doing leader care for, for quite some time. Uh, so what kind of things do you expect to tackle with people or, or that are common, commonly come out when people come? 
Yeah, I mean, I've been doing, as you said, this kind of care on and off with leaders for over 10 years. And <clears throat> typically there, there are some themes, right? Like uh, the, the big bucket themes are like, uh, the guy is pouring his life into ministry and his wife begins to feel jealous or if not even abandoned sometimes in, in that process. And she doesn't feel like she's a partner. She feels like she's the supporting cast, um, so to speak. And, and, uh, it's his show and his thing. And I've literally had a, a wife say to me, yeah, um, welcome to the, I won't say his name show. And I just get to be, you know, I, I watch sometimes, sometimes I'm a supportive role, but I've never been a partner and I don't even know what that looks like. And that was devastating to him at some level, like somehow he didn't know it. And, uh, but he knew it was true. And so they had a breakthrough over three days, but it was, it was hard. It was really hard. There was some tears. There was some, um, you know, humbling that had to happen. There was some grace that had to be given, um, and some forgiveness. So, um, I would definitely say that the, the, the ministry is going to affect your marriage. You better believe it. And ministry is going to affect your parenting and, and your, even your friendships. So what you have to do is say, how are we going to pick our problems together and how are we going to manage them together? And nothing's getting between us, not the church, not the elders, not the staff, not some congregant who's ticked off, not whatever it is, or is it needing me right now? Um, you know, like how do I not let that get between my wife and I, it doesn't mean that we don't sacrifice together for that thing and make a plan on how I'm going to address those things. But if it gets between us, that's a problem. Or if it somehow negatively affects my parenting. Um, and next thing you know, my kids don't even want to go to the church or certainly never want to be a pastor yeah. <laughs> or a pastor's <laughs> wife. You know, you, you hear that PK saying that all the time. Like, I know, I don't know. I don't know a lot about what my dad does. I just know I never want to do it. Mm. Yeah, no, it's sad. And I think most of us are probably pretty familiar with those those stereotypes that are out there that pastor's kids all run away from the ministry. And we know it's it's not always true, but those stereotypes do exist for a reason. And and there are, <clears throat> there are a lot of hard situations in ministry and a lot of people who do get turned off uh, by, by that and sometimes by how their family members are handling those challenges. So um, real simple question, how long do the retreats take? So we found at 12 Stones that we tried all kinds of combinations of days and hours and how much time we spent with them and how much free time, how much time they were with their advocates, that kind of thing. And so I think we developed a fairly good understanding of what works best. And most people, because it's so intensive, typically what we do, three days is about all they can take. Um, it's saturating. Um, it's, 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 it's exhausting. It's, it's, it's transforming at the same time, but <clears throat> three days seems to be about the right amount of time. Um, two days is too short. Um, four days, they're starting to lose their ability <clears throat> to gain any more insight or they need to go apply what they've learned. They need some time before they come back with questions. So typically we're going to do that with the leaders too. All three levels are going to be a three-day 
kind of experience. Um, each one will have a different amount of counseling attached to it. When someone does a refresh retreat, they're going to get less counseling than a reset retreat. And a reset retreat is going to be less than a restore uh, because those take more intensive um, levels of, of care, depending on what the issues are. Yeah. So th thanks for laying out those three different levels. And you use advocates with counseling at 12 stones and on the, the different levels of retreat, the refresh retreats, you say advocates are welcome, Re reset retreats, advocates are suggested, and then you require them for the restore retreats. Can you tell for those who aren't familiar with that concept, what describe the advocate and what they do at these retreats if they come? Yeah, <clears throat> we find um, bringing a godly influence, a friend, a mentor, a pastor, a fellow elder, whoever it is with you um, is exponentially more effective in the long run. It, it's, it's helpful in the actual intensive, but it's extremely helpful afterwards because you know that somebody can have a mountaintop experience or or getting a bunch of stuff figured out in counseling and then they just go back to what they know and they don't have somebody that went through the experience with them knows how to really deeply hold them accountable in a loving way because they've been through it with them it's phenomenal so an advocate is a godly friend who's willing to walk into this valley with you or this struggle or this situation, help you through it, listen to all the counsel, take notes, pray, ask good questions, do the homework with you during the intensive so that they're like right immersed in the experience. But then they're <clears throat> able to walk out for the next six months to a year and meet with you on a very regular basis to be like, let's unpack that. Let's talk more about that. How is that working for you? You know, that kind of thing every week, um, ideally. And um, so what happens is that the advocates become closer to the folks getting the counsel during the counsel. And then they become more effective as confidants, which is usually missing for leaders after. And it's, they don't have to be from your church to your point, Curtis, I've had those same conversations like, oh, yeah, no way am I going to be like best friends with anybody in my church. I'm like, oh, that's so hard for me to hear, you know, but I get it because, you know, it's your church and <clears throat> these people, they, you have to have an exceptional level of maturity to be a pastor's friend, I'd say, uh, spiritually. Um, and you have to be for them and you have to be able to um help them in ways, listen to them in ways, challenge them in ways that is a higher level of leadership. And so um, a lot of these guys just look for somebody outside their church to mentor them or to be a colleague or to, to, because they they're like, you get it, you get me and you don't have like the, you don't, you don't, you don't, you have your hand on the nuclear option. And if I'm, if I'm a little messed up, you know, like I, I feel like you'll just listen to me, help me be objective with me, work through it. Whereas you know how it is in ministry in the church, particularly, you're not just a pastor. This is like your family. This is like the people you do life with. This is like the people you go to school with, whatever it is, your kids are mixed into it, your wife, and you just, your reputation really, you shouldn't fear man, but you do, you don't want to say something that your wife is then going to hear from another wife or your kids are going to hear about her. It's just really tricky 
I believe you can build a culture of authenticity in the church, but I think it takes a lot of intentionality. And, um, and that's something we want to teach guys when they're here, but a lot of them don't come with that. Yeah, no, it is a, it is a tricky thing. And we could, I mean, we could have lots of conversations about all of those things. I remember different quotes I've heard from people that kind of summarize things. Like we had friends tell us never tell anybody your garbage cause they will stab you in the back with it. Um, Somebody, somebody once said, you know, everybody in the church loved me, but nobody knew me, you know, because there's just that, that kind of thing. And so with the pastors, uh, if you're requiring them to bring these advocates, you mentioned a few places where they might find them, but some, some, I'm imagining some of them will say, I don't know anybody. What do you do in that situation? How do you help them identify who could come as an, as an advocate if, if they need it? Yeah, that is a not uncommon response. Like, okay, I guess I could do it. I don't really want to, but I don't even have anybody. Like, I'm like, seriously, okay, let's talk about that. And what the first round of that conversation is, maybe you do and you just don't know it. And then honestly, in over 50% of the cases, they do go, well, I do have this uncle. I do have this other guy. I have this pastor friend. I have, there is a guy in my church, right? And and inevitably they're they're like, but I really don't want to approach him. And I'm like, okay, that's a different problem than you don't have anybody. And we know, let's talk through that. And so we do, and they typically do push through. Um, Now there are, cases where they literally don't have anybody. They literally have never been that authentic with anybody because for fear, for whatever reasons, busyness, whatever it is. And now we're at like a, well, would you be willing to have somebody come that could be your advocate, like in the future, could be a confidant, like in somewhere in your wider circle of influence, or in some cases, even a circle of influence that we know of. Like, let's say I work for the GCC, the Great Commission Collective. I'm a leader care specialist one day a week for them. Let's say it's a GCC guy. I'm like, hey, dude, I know another phenomenal GCC pastor that would come with his wife, would walk you through this for the next six months. Would you be willing for me to call him? Uh, would you call him if I make the introduction, you know? And, and so I've had to even do that at times, like almost assign an advocate, but it's somebody that has already proven that they'll, They've been there, done it. They've done it themselves. Typically the best advocates were counselees. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what I mean? And so then they are like, oh man, I need to pay forward. Yeah, for sure. I'd do that. And then they're amazingly good at it because they're humble. They're, 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 they're engaged. They know what it takes. Uh, they had an advocate typically. And so, um, sometimes we have to actually assign someone. That's often a great great pathway for them to become counselors too, because they go from being a somebody getting the counsel to being an advocate to being the the person giving the care. So it's yeah, they really do. The, the 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 move from advocate to apprentice is very common. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. So you you offer tailored retreats for the people who are coming to the retreat. You, we mentioned those three categories uh, that they could choose from, but what other kind of tailoring might you do for them, and and how do you determine what what they need? 
So everybody that wants to do a lead healthy retreat has to get on our website, which is leadhealthyretreats.com. I tried to make that easy. Um, They, um, they get on there and there's an intake and they have to kind of tell their life story. They have to talk about ministry challenges. They need to tell me specifically, what do I need help with? And um, so when I get that, I further look at tailoring the homework, the things that they would do in the evenings, uh, how much time they're going to do prayer walks, how much time they're going to be uh, meeting with me, uh, exercises they might do with their spouse on on, on their free time. Um, all of that is tailored per it's only one couple at a time they might have advocates but it's only one couple i'm focused at a time so this is different than some of the other pastor retreats that are group based or maybe they have a curriculum i literally even though i have some general parameters for each level i literally tailor it to that couple's needs yeah so it's not just like pick your pick an option it's very specific to that person that's that's great oh well, one of the things i was going to ask i didn't send it to you was how does this because i have a friend who does uh like retreats for business leaders and he's like man pastors have retreats all over the place like they could find stuff everywhere and uh but i knew what you were doing is very different from some of those so in addition any any other differences obviously that being so focused in on the person uh is that such you guys apart tremendously. Um, well, without, without bashing others, any other highlights? Well, <laughs> well, there, there, there is like, if you want an enrichment kind of retreat, you can go to a lot of places and probably get that. And it would be wonderful for your spouse. This is even our refresh retreat is a step deeper into who you are, what your heart issues are, how you guys can uh, do ministry together in a, in a profound way that's impactful for the gospel and good for your marriage. So, you know, I would say we we go pretty deep, pretty fast. Well, the advocate piece is a, is a unique concept. The tailored uh, approach, I think, is a unique concept. We're very biblically saturated, which some retreat places are not, to be honest. Um, I would say that makes us distinctive. Um, the fact that I have 30 years of biblical counseling experience might be helpful. Yes. Um, <laughs> that is unique. I've worked with some leaders. You and I both know that it weren't so healthy. And so I, maybe you could say I'm qualified cause I'm disqualified, right. You know, cause I have seen the worst of it and survived somehow. And, and actually it's brought deep, you know, how that some of the worst things that ever happened to you just brought deeper convictions, you know? Uh, like you, you, now your roots go in way deeper into the soil. Well, I have had enough pain in ministry that I never want anyone else to go through that. And I never want to experience it myself. So I, I take seriously what it means to, to thrive in ministry. So I'd say that would be unique to us. Um, I, I think having my wife on board and, and excited about this and being her willing to come over and love on the women is just going to be true. I, I ex- get excited about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those are just some things that I do. Few few good things that'll set set you guys apart for sure. Um, a, a lot of our audience are biblical counselors, and we were talking about this a little bit beforehand, and it's we've hit on it a little bit. Um, if they come across a leader, one, I think 
how do they identify a leader who might need this? Because as we said, a lot of pastors don't don't have confidants, don't even want to go to counseling themselves. Uh, so how would they spot a counselor in need or a leader in need? And then how could they go about recommending this retreat to to their pastor or some other ministry leader they know who they think should go? That's a great question. Yeah, you and I both know, Curtis, that <clears throat> counseling is not something pastors typically pursue. Um, the average pastor would have a, maybe a respect for it, um, would be glad that maybe some of it's going on in their church and that kind of thing. But because, again, the fear of exposure, the fear of that vulnerability, um, opening a can of worms that they really have been sort of trying to keep under wraps for a long time, whatever it is, there's reasons why pastors just hesitate. And I would say the the key element that will allow a pastor to even consider the value of counseling is that the person talking to them really cares about them and is coming to them, not in any way in a, in a judgmental or condemning or critical way, but just like, Hey, I really love you and your wife. I see you looking pretty spent. I see you struggling. I don't know what's going on. I don't need to know, but I know a place, I know a person, probably the person's more important than the place, right? Like I know a trusted counselor that gets pastors and gets ministry and is super confidential and is for the pastor, isn't going to be on somebody else's, uh, Aaron, like the, you know, like the elder board is like trying to figure out if you're qualified. Like, I don't want to do that. Like I have, will have elders call me and say, Hey, can you see my guy? I'm like, if I don't have to give you a 10 page evaluation afterwards, I'll see your guy, you know? Um, but if you want to evaluate their, their qualifications, you're going to need to sit with them after the intensive and talk to them about what God's doing in their life. So anyway, all that to say, if they, if the, I hope that I've gained enough of a reputation of being experienced and trusted that somebody, when they do go to their pastor say, no, this, this is a little different. And, and this person is been around for a long time. And here's two or three people you could call about this person and say, is this guy legit? Is he trustworthy? Is he going to, is he going to bring grace, not just truth? Is he going to be sensitive to my situation? Is he going to be helpful to my spouse is whatever the case may be. I really think you need to vet that. And I think it's fair for a pastor to be a little hesitant, but it is not fair for them to essentially isolate from good counsel. Yeah, no, thanks. Thanks. That's really good. In addition to these retreats, you also offer lead healthy cohorts. Could you tell, tell our audience what those are? And if somebody was interested in getting connected to one, how, how might they do that? Yeah. So lead healthy cohorts are in fact, um, a zoom call, um, every month with leaders from around the country who really just want to figure out what's it look like to get resilient, to get healthy spiritually, emotionally, and relationally in ministry. Maybe they're sensing that 
that hasn't been part of their story for a while. Maybe their wife is prodding them to get some help um, of some kind. They're not ready to come to a retreat, but they get on a Zoom call with a bunch of other pastors from around the country and go through about a thousand pages of reading uh, over about a six month period and then have a retreat with their spouse and the other uh, pastors and wives uh, at the end of this cohort. So it's really us um, discussing a lot of books. Uh, One of them is Lead by Paul Tripp and others, Resilient Ministries, which is a phenomenal book on sort of a, a case study with pastors and wives who that really began to think about what does it look like to be resilient in ministry and other ones about rhythms um, and in getting healthy rhythms back into your life so that you are not uh, really letting your non-negotiable slip in terms of your time with the Lord, your time with your spouse, uh, fellowship, different things like that, that tend to be threatened by the consuming nature of ministry. That's, that's really good. And how would people connect to, to one of those? So the, the lead healthy cohorts, you, you, uh, would go to the GCC website, the great commission collective, org, And you would uh, look at when's the next one going to be offered? How do I sign up? Uh, you sign up through that or you can go to Soul Care Consulting. We're going to put a link on there as well. Soulcareconsulting.com uh, would, would be another place you can find out when the next one will start. We're just wrapping one up. I'm actually getting ready to do the retreat in Florida. Yeah, not a bad place to go in uh, January for yeah. a <laughs> wrap up retreat for your cohort and we're going to spend a day and a half uh you know sort of going over everything they learned with their spouses and building lead healthy plans uh with the spouse that they can execute going forward you already shared the website but if somebody wants to go ahead and, and share find out more or actually sign up for a retreat can you uh Give us that again so they know where to, yeah, where lead, to do that. Lead Healthy Retreats, all spelled out, um, dot com would be the uh, website. And then there is a, a kind of an 800 number. It's at actually 866-304-2320. And that is, um, is going to get you directly to our admin who will help you answer any questions. We'll get back to you with dates available, those types of things. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, Garrett, thank you so much for being with us on 1514 again today. It was a wonderful conversation. Really appreciate what you're doing with Lead Healthy Retreats and Cohorts. Thank you so much, Chris. It was great to talk to you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of 1514. If you'd like to find out more about the Biblical Counseling Coalition, you can visit our website at biblicalcc.org. Special thanks to our podcast engineer, James Wills, who does all the post-production editing to make this podcast sound so wonderful. Also want to thank my assistant, Carrie Felton, for helping to arrange these interviews. And a special thanks to Andrew Riddell, who composed and recorded the music we use on 1514. I hope you have a wonderful day.